They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But bye, 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 bye. But bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. But bye, 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 bye. But bye, 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 bye. Hey! Hello, JD Raceford. How are you doing? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? Very good, very good. Welcome to Bad Boy Running. Um, ooh, we've got, well, two badders. There's a special that's just come out of Bad Boy Running, but there is also a documentary that's come out on Sky. And I'm afraid if you're an American listener, for some reason there's a Nike documentary about Salazar that has not been shown or bought by any of the American channels, even though it's been made in North America. Um, it's a cover-up. Yeah. It's a cover-up. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> is it? Is it yeah. a conspiracy? It is... It, well, it, I'm sure if you're someone like Alex Jones, it would be a conspiracy because apparently the channels that would normally broadcast, your ESPNs, they're a bit nervous about broadcasting anything called Nike's Big Bet, which uh, when they they weren't... They weren't sure how Nike were going to respond to the documentary. I think it's fine. Um, just says what it says it as it is. Um, and Nike, their biggest sponsor, well, one of their biggest sponsors, advertisers. So, yeah, the, I mean, is that a conspiracy or is that just the way capitalism works and suppresses? It's just the way it works, isn't it, now? Yeah. I'd, I'd just, just like way. to point out that if Nike decided that they do want to sponsor BBR, we would absolutely stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> We, no, we, we, we continue. We can... Oh, no, we'll tell you we'll stop talking about it, yeah. knowing that you probably won't monitor these episodes. Yeah, we take the money, but we, uh, yeah, we'd still, well, we'd, we'd just be honest. We'd be honest. That's all we want, right? Just want fairness. Do we want honesty um, and fairness, or do we just want um, a hilarious polemic? I think. Mm, good point, actually. Yeah, good point. But um, we've had we've had some. I'll start with some listener feedback. We we've had quite a, this new format. People seem to be getting on board with. Actually, they might respond and they might respond quickly rather than a month. So what have we been told? Firstly, I was talking about an indigenous runner when we were talking with uh, Jordan Marie previously, and uh, Travis. Uh, this guy Travis commented, uh, well, messaged and said, "We're thinking of Billy Mills." So do you know Billy Mills? No, I don't know Billy Mills. Is this ah, one so you, he, what you brought up? You brought up in the interview. The I don't know if we said it in the interview. We said it around the interview. Uh, yeah, okay. but he was he won gold in the ten thousand, set a ten thousand record in the Tokyo Olympics. It was Tokyo? Ooh, fifty six. That be Tokyo? Right, oh, sixty eight. Yes, I have heard. Yes, I have heard this. This is something that's been on social media loads. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. That's where, that's where I get all of my knowledge from. So, <laughs> yes, I have. absolutely, absolutely, I have. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, interestingly, so there's a film about him. I I think I've either seen a film or seen a documentary on him. So he recommends there's an Oglala Lakota tribe. Oh, he's from the Oglala Lakota tribe. There's a, a documentary about him. Um, he wasn't expected to to do well at the 10K. He won the whole thing. But apparently, he's still alive and kicking. He has a non-profit that benefits. But I was going to say the words he said, but the 
um, indigenous American youth uh, through running and he's still live and on Instagram. So I'm going to try and reach out to him because I think any opportunity to get a an Olympian, an Olympian gold of yesteryear is great. And he's only got 1,300 followers. So he's probably going to be quite impressed with our, what, 2,000 followers or three, 4,000 followers we've got. So he's, maybe he's he's come on. He's 82. He was born just before the Second World War. He's not going to be impressed by anything that we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's, good point. Let's, let's be honest. But it, could be, you know, it's, it might be a kind of a similar uh, situation to the uh, Wyoming Tyus uh, mm. discussion we had, which was kind of, you know, shedding new light and new colour on the... Um, on on those on those achievements and and hearing it from their perspective, so I think I think that would work really well. Yeah, I think it's always super interesting just to understand as well what what it was like to go into the Olympics and what the mindset was, what the expectation, all the like intricacies of where you stayed, what you know, how you interact with the other athletes, because we forget that we're now in a world where by the age of thirty, you know, most European people have travelled to what thirty countries at least. Whereas, uh, you know, they, they're in different times where people didn't travel, people didn't know about the, the, the rest of the world in the same way. I'll try and get Billy on. So um, you, mean, you mean most white Western uh, middle class uh, people have travelled to 13 <laughs> countries? <laughs> yeah, most posh boys, most posh boys. Yeah. <laughs> most posh boys, Good point. Yeah, we just done, done 30 countries in our, in our gap year. Uh, and when I say most people by the age of 30, I don't mean this generation because obviously they've not left the country in in years given given the lockdown and oh teenagers today <laughs> teenagers today teenagers <laughs> today just oh. stuck at home not doing anything are they on their on their computers all the time you can actually but say I guess that they... as, a, as an angry old person and be <laughs> what have you done with your life just at home playing computer games what am i going to do oh yeah yeah uh write letters to each other i don't know that's good read books read books but uh you tagged me in a in a, a post on Facebook this week from someone yeah, in the group. <laughs> David's just told me off for tagging him in stuff too. <laughs> Not told off. I make constructive uh, criticism. Constructive. No, like, I, the thing <laughs> is, I don't. I, I don't. I. I don't even think when I tag you into stuff, I only do it because I think, oh yeah, you still want to look at this. I never think, oh, we we necessarily talk about this on the podcast. <laughs> but we've had we've had some particularly gruesome. Uh, and interesting things that have appeared in the Facebook group recently, you know, that are actually slightly related to running as well. But this is this is something that's that, that's that's pretty special. So anyone that's done any sort of ultra run or anyone that's done but before any, you say what it is, distance, how do you feel about this? Do you do you think this is a good thing? Do you think this is a does this does this slightly weird? I don't know I, if this is this, okay. Well, so before we reveal what this actually is, okay, I, my personal opinion is. <laughs> It's horrific, and I, and I love it. And <laughs> I, it makes me wish I'd done something similar. Um, but I don't think I'd have done it. I don't think the execution would, would, be, would be as good. It's the sort of thing that among runners, they will find it impressive. Among any other type of human being, they were like, this is sick. <laughs> um, so essentially, that anyone, anyone that's you know, we're all we're all runners. Um, any kind of ultra runner knows that losing your toenails is something that happens a lot over the course of you know many many races. You'll lose a lot of toenails. But what happens? What happens <laughs> if you have the forethought to think 
when I lose my toenails from particular races, I'm going to take them. <laughs> and then at some point in the future, I'm going to turn them into a coaster. Yeah. And not only, I mean, these toenails are, <laughs> it's just, I well, think it's horrible. The fact is, it's really horrible. They're painted as well. So that's, the, that, that's what adds that extra element to it. That they're probably not as horrific as they could have been because they are painted slightly as well. Um, okay, so, so, so make sure you're eating. Make sure you get some food now. Just like something, just so you can be like, or take, take a really sickly gel just before. So they are painted, yes, but because some of these toenails have clearly, the whole thing's come out, <laughs> not every aspect of the toenail is painted because you then get all that like inner toenail that is that's come free but he's then this is shirt east to shirt east. east i mean yeah, we shirt, salute shirt east is the artist in question here um well, i mean it's i don't it's know just, like how how long have you held on to these that's if this so is one impressive. year or it's mm. so impressive because what we've got, we've got we've got full sets of toenails that have been lost, but also <laughs> embedded in these coasters are also the race the race logos as well. <laughs> and so we've got I, I was trying to make them out. We've got Atlantic Coast Challenge. We've got Marathon des Sables. So I, I can't I can't read what. But I think the top left it looks like Pilgrims. Pilgrims, and I think the other one's Druids Challenge, isn't it? The X Energy oh, yeah, Druids Challenge. So. It looks like they're the three all, of these in an MDS cycle, aren't they? Yeah, these are all yeah, these are all like seem like prep for for MDS. But I I just what I, what I like as well is that they you know I'm imagining that it was the uh, uh, pilgrims that was the first one because there's only three toenails lost in that one, and then it goes up to <laughs> goes up goes up to the druids, and then there's four, and then by the time it's the MDS, there's what is there nine? There's nine. There's, the little just... one escapes. One of the little ones is still on there. And oh, it's, do you know what it reminds me of? The first thing that came to mind was, you know, those images from the Vietnam War where they'd have soldiers who'd have the ears of their um, of people that oh. they've killed on necklaces around it. There was something, some, there's some vibe, there's some en same energy to that as this. There's something about yeah. using parts of human in coasters. Um, I was thinking this is more like a weird Silence of the Lamb serial killers gallery. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, this, what I like is that it it has it, the the reaction that is promoted in the group is that people are saying this is the most fucked up thing that's ever happened. This is the <laughs> thing. Oh, but almost 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 universally um, it, it, impressed by it. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. So impressive. But the so, so I give a talk at the the MDS Expo each year. And one of the things I do recommend is that you you run the pilgrims in advance of the MDS to get a sense of what it's like to do kind of back to back over 30 miles. But the, the, the way if she's done that, she's lost three fairly significant toenails and she's managed to then grow them back from the time of the pilgrims back to the. So she she must be drinking milk like, like gallons and gallons a day to um see how what this is all in one one could season. regenerate she's, <laughs> yeah she's, what's she, is she wolverine what yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i'm gonna ask uh, if we can post this in on the face uh, sorry on our instagram because I, it's it's just, just such a good photo 
I wonder, I wonder, do badders, and this is this is a, a wonderful, um, uh, a wonderful opportunity to show your creativity. Do you have have you created <laughs> something? Because the thing is, a medal board with a certificate stuff that is boring. That is not a memento. Like, <laughs> no one wants to see that. That doesn't yeah. tell the true story and, and show kind of yeah. the nature of it. I think this actually demonstrates, you know, this is this has the pain, you know, the endurance you have to go through, the suffering. It, it, it encapsulates it perfectly. What have you done or, or, or what are you planning to do in order to commemorate a, a significant running milestone, you know, uh, and uh, ideas as well in the future? Because I think, you know, people, people, we, everyone's getting back into running again. This is the opportunity. We want more. We want basically a horror show of, uh, of you know bespoke merchandise that you can you can have for for running and and there is enough there is enough space on here yeah could have put tough mud and then just had it blank because that's what you want right <laughs> <laughs> it's just something that puts it all in context just just so that if she's ever meets someone running with a tough mud she'll be like oh yeah have you seen my coaster uh, oh right, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> we did remember we did have we, we did have these ideas about t-shirts, didn't we? About having to, you know, like with all the biggest races in the world, and then um, like some joke at the end, like Tough Mudder, you know, not not conquered that yet, or something like that. Or, <laughs> yeah, or, Tough Mudder, race yeah. for life, or five k, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, but share share East, we salute you. Sherry's the name of a famous singer as well, but um, hmm. the yeah, it does sound it share doesn't it? Share Lloyd, yeah, it was Cher Lloyd, wasn't it? Now we we've had some feedback from Baden Harris, who has said that with that when we were talking about Garmin's negging us, he did point out for the listeners out there who are being negged, there is a way to to pause your training status. You sent a link, it's garmin.com, but I'm sure if you put pause your training status so you can then stop getting that feedback. But actually, isn't it more the issue that you want the feedback, but you want it to be informative rather than like a slap in the face? Well, well, yeah, yeah, Switch, switching it off or not using it isn't, isn't really the answer <laughs> in this situation. Yeah. It's That's like, like I love you get to divorce like, counselling. Well, you could, move, you could just move house, just leave the country. <laughs> Divorced. That's what I came here for. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think anyone, anyone that goes through any kind of abuse that likes that kind of, likes that kind of thing. I just, I wonder, I wonder why. I, I'm, I'm, the thing is, it really has opened up the fact that lots of people feel the same way about Garmin and Garmin. It's, it's not good for as, as a brand strategy. It's not particularly yeah. good to keep abusing, or you know, maybe. Maybe that's the kind of demographic that Garmin go for. People that like a little bit of, they've had physical stuff suffering. They like a little bit of emotional suffering to go with it. And we, did we talk about the fact last time, the idea that in, with, with a, you know, with your car, uh, what do you call it? Your car navigator. Yeah. You could sat-nav. change the voice. You could, sat-nav, yes. you could change sat-nav to the voice of someone. I like the idea of, of this Garmin having a different setting like SAS. Or, yeah, that's uh, it. We talked about different tones yeah. of voice. You could different choose. Tones of voice. You could get. You know, do you respond to Goggins or do you respond to something <laughs> that's a little bit more nurturing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, 
then we've we've had some other feedback. The you were mentioning about Beth Potter and how it was a a journalist had said on Twitter and been calling calling her out explicitly yeah. about actually it was Matt Lawton, I think of the Times, who you're right, he is and he's on Twitter he is Lawton underscore times. So he's clearly talking as a journalist. You know, he's 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 his his profile just says chief sports correspondent for the Times. So, um, but then it says views mine, etc. But if you put that up, you, yeah, you can't you can't separate the the two things. If you if you go back and you read his, I don't know if they're still there, but if you read, he you know he was he was making a, a, a specific connection um, mm. between different facts and saying that it's not legitimate. And and she was she said Beth Potter like, has a. Yeah, absolutely. He said Beth Potter has a 1500 PB of 418 and a 5000 best of 1528. So it makes perfect sense that she broke the world record on the road. Um, I mean, yeah. snarky, I mean, isn't it? That's, that's really, that's a, that's a snarky comment. It's it not, is a snarky comment. You can't, you can't hide the fact that you're making an accusation just because, you know, yeah. you're, you're dressed it up in a, in, a, in a really snarky way. You deserve to get totally called out on that. Yeah, absolutely. And... It's interesting looking down with people who, some people are saying, ouch, ouch, you know, the, the reactions, they're not, yeah, people are, people are accepting what he's saying. Yeah. Um, talking about, yeah, Brits don't dope, wink, you know, and that's the, and this is, this is, it's such a shame, isn't it? It's such a shame. And imagine if you're, you are Beth and you've, You've done this incredible thing, and then you're just tarnished for doing something unexpected. But you'll, you know, you you'll also say that it's unexpected yourself. Um, yeah. So, have you heard of the world relays? The world relays of what? Of running. The world relays. No. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if I'd heard of it before, because you've got the world championships, you've got the Olympics, and you've had the world relays for actually a number of years, which I, I just hadn't... A, a specific competition about re with, with relays. Yeah, so it's all the sprints, and then it has your 400s. I'll have a quick look at the other events. It's quite interesting because you'll also get mixed relays, which is pretty fun, I think. I like that because it adds an element fast, of... Fast and slow people. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's controversial, but it, it's more... It's, I like the fact that it, it, the, it's, it's real strategy and it's real um, technical handovers because well, that's you are handing... It makes it makes running interesting. It makes running that kind of thing interesting because it, it's it's the possibility for chaos. That's what that's what's the really interesting thing about relays. It's like football. What's the most interesting bit of football? Penalty shootouts. Like if yeah, you just had a World Cup of penalty shootouts, that would be massively popular. Like if you just like had running where you know you had to do these like fast handovers and you know with with a blooper reel of the most ridiculous ones and how they've gone wrong you know insane insanely interesting yeah so the, the, the yeah absolutely and and the, especially because 
you then have people of completely different speeds handing over to each other. And if you think that most people have been trained to handing over to women to women, men to men, and so they're used to the speed of transition. And so actually it's, it, it is a completely different um, timing system that you have to use with when you pass. But yeah, so these happen, which I didn't realize they had happened. Here we go. The format is four by 100, four by 200, four by 400, four by 800, and four by 1500. Um, and it's been going since 2014. Oh, so not that long then. Not that long. And no. Are they are they used as some kind? Of, are they used as any kind of qualifier, or do they have any kind of international status? No, I think they're just seen as quite a fun thing to do, which I think they are. Although, given all those, there's there's not really that many events. So, um, <laughs> just but a little sparse. Yeah, it's a long way to go, isn't it? For, <laughs> you're just in to the run a bit of a race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Does it does um, it have people competing in lots of different lots of different events or is it pretty much sticking to the I mean are there does it attract uh I mean the, like like well, I was gonna say proper athletes, elite athletes, as in you know, Olympic athletes and world champ level athletes. <coughs> yeah, it does. It does. I don't know if it necessarily gets all of the top ones, but um you'd imagine the top stars from each each kind of nation would bow out in the same way. It looks like they have around thirty nations that compete. So that that could be more interesting if you do have heats and semis for each of those. I would I would like to go and see an entire day of relays. I think that's a pretty good day. I think that's a pretty good day. You know, anyone that's sat around in an athletic stadium and you see like little bits and pieces, you're like, there's a race and then someone does some pole vaulting and then someone does a shot put somewhere. And then there's a massive gap, and then you're just like, you know. But then, you know, yeah, the whole sort of like, I think for, I think, for a lot I of people, would be good. The whole of the Olympics is waiting for the hundred meters and the relay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the day, just all of that. <laughs> for some people, for some it's people, just, not for me. Some not people, for, me. Mm, for everyone, <laughs> everything is just a build up to the hundred meters. <laughs> it is. It is just. Yeah, yeah. Unless, how unless short, there's how like... short could you? Uh, I mean, it would be amazing if you had a hundred meters relay, and it, and it would be like in twenty five meter. Yeah, you know, you'd have four people in twenty five meter sprints. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with a ten meter transition. With a pole vault, with a pole vault size. Uh, <laughs> Just that would be comedy. that would be amazing. That would be super cool. And I do think we should have. Um, a, a four by 100 meter beer relay. I think that would be great because when you, you know, when you do that first. What would you pass? What would be the baton in that situation? A pork pie or something? <laughs> <laughs> you've got to hand over the beer, the next beer. You've got to hand over the next beer. So wait a minute, you're ca- are you brilliant. carrying two beers? Hey, wait a minute, are you carrying two beers then? You drink your beer, you then sprint to the next person who's got a beer. But they have to drink your beer and they then sprint to the next. Oh, oh so you God. so you're already holding a beer. So in the transition, you're holding yeah. a beer. You collect a beer yeah. from the person who's given to you. You drink that beer. Then you run yeah. and hand over that beer to someone else. Oh, that makes sense. And then what happens oh on the finish God. line? On the finish line, you, they, you're carrying well, a beer. Well, they just run with their empty beer. They, they run with their empty beer, don't they? Or they run with their full beer. 
They run with the full bit. And so they, do they have to finish drinking that before the finish line or once they cross the finish line? What is the, what is the, the end point? Do you think the last person does two beers? <laughs> yes. Or maybe the coach. The coach is there. The coach. Let's bring everyone into it. <laughs> the commentator. Uh, we've, got to, we've got to do this because even with my injury, I can do 100 metres, I'm sure. And right. This, we were wondering what we're going to do at um at the run show south <laughs> if we can find a track right who am i who am i who am i find who am i it's on it's on an airfield isn't it yes we this is perfect on. this is absolutely perfect for it it's on an airfield so it's gonna it's gonna be flat it's not gonna it, the the issue would always be at an existing running track would be because of the glass and and the issue with that wouldn't it but if we're on an existing running track, i think we do i think we do cans Oh, I just said the glass would be fine because it's more like, yeah, the glass would be fine. And it would be funnier because you've got more of a, like, the, the, the foam exploding out of a glass is more fun than a can, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it is. I think, I think we, uh, right, that, we're going to, so who, who are my listeners from around the Aldershot, Farnborough area? Kieran, Chris, you know who you are. Um, maybe the Millers, potentially. Is there a track we can get to, to run to after the run show that we could, the trouble is like Farnborough Athletics Club, are, or Oldershot Athletics Club are, are really top end. They're one of the best clubs in the country. There's no way they're letting us near. But we'll figure this out because I think this would be really fun to do. And anyone who's worried about doing a BMR, you're not going to be worried about that because we're all going to be terrible. Um, but yeah, anyway, the, the marathon relays. Wow, that was a... That was a, a detour, wasn't it? <laughs> so, interestingly, they're happening again this year. And a lot of the big teams, the US team, and it's looking like the Jamaican team now, aren't going to go because they're so worried that their athletes would then catch COVID. Oh, really? And then okay. would be in trouble for the Olympics. And I didn't realise that that's interesting in itself. I thought I'd bring up the fact that this existed I wasn't sure if anyone else would really have it on their radar. It's in Poland this year, but I didn't realise, so no, I've, I've, made, I've made up my stories. I didn't realise after the European Champs in Poland this year, in, that was held in March, that over 30 athletes then tested positive for COVID after the event. Oh, really? If you think about how tight they would have been going into it, I, I, I haven't researched what they did, but given all the other events we've, we've heard about, People have to have two clean tests, don't they? If you look at the yeah. Australian Open and, and the various other events people have been doing. So you'd think these people, uh, athletes would have been tested before the event twice. And yet still 30 people caught it afterwards. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? That actually because of the vaccine rollouts, which obviously benefit Western countries more, um, mm. that, you know, you're going to have that situation that going to, to Tokyo, that, there are going to be smaller countries where they're not going to have that vaccination. They're not going to have that herd immunity. They're not going to have that. And so there must be massive worries about both going there and coming back with it because it's going to, it's going to put them at a risk that, you know, disproportionate risk than, than, than Western countries. And what are we saying about South Africa, Brazil, who've got strains that are particularly virulent? Are they just not allowed to enter because it's too big a risk? Or because that, that's the worry. If we can all have our, our inoculations and have had our jabs, but 
we're not inoculated against every type of COVID strain that could be out there. And that's the we trouble. Could, what we make it a rule. You're only allowed back in if you've won a gold medal. In the 100 metres. In the 100 metres, we It's It's like Highlander. I think only one time, shall remain. It's about time that we take drastic measures and we just say that you have to quarantine on the Isle of Wight. And that's it. Like we just use let's use the Isle. The Isle of Wight was a was was a, was a sanctuary in Day of the Triffids. Let's flip it around and make sure that the rest of the country is a sanctuary by by sacrificing the Isle of Wight. For, it's for in quarantine. that way you go for your holiday every year, though. You're essentially you're it already is. laying down the it foundations. Is. It is. But I'm family. hoping if you push that many people into it, it somehow they'll modernise in some way and we'll actually you know we'll have more, we'll have you know places that open for more than 30 minutes at lunchtime for you to be able to get lunch and it doesn't exist in the 1950s anymore it's my it's my attempt to try and you know uh, make it a little bit more uh, cosmopolitan by just forcing more people into it from more diverse backgrounds mean, they've had reggae there for years as we know from previous episodes so <laughs> it's the second island of reggae in the world <laughs> exactly exactly that's why we love it so much There was another there was another thing I just wanted to mention, which I thought was really interesting, just while we're talking kind of Olympics and everything. Um, and yeah. that was a story that came out um, saying that the um, uh, the British Olympic chief was saying that um, uh, Mark England, which I think is still a great name for a, a, a Team GB um, uh, uh, chief, um, was saying that they're going to allow um, uh, athletes to protest and and. Uh, have full expression which is weird because the IOC don't allow that at all um yeah but they're obviously there had this this there's some kind of fit and this is obviously as a result of of BLM and being able to um uh, you sort of express yourself in that way and of course there, you know there are so many famous uh, olympic iconic protests that you know that have, that have kind of gone down through history so they've had a discussion with the with the team and they are going to you know sanction whichever way they want to protest which i think is really interesting because i don't know how how that fits in with with the ioc um yeah you know enforcing um, the rules about that and also, but th this is I. This is really good, really good because he he's now saying I'm going to fight for you against the IOC. That's what he's saying in in, in reality, isn't he? He's yeah. saying whatever you whatever issues you face, I will cover you. Which yeah. I think is this this could be so groundbreaking because while this is an England story, it was a British England British story. And um, this could have repercussions globally now because yeah. we're in this situation where the I, the sponsors actually the sponsors of athletes want this because they want the kudos. Nike, yes. Adidas, they're yes. clever. It's gone the other way around, hasn't it? It used to be the yeah. fact that you know sponsors they absolutely hated it, but now you know Nike with yeah. you know, Copernic and uh, and everything it, it feeds into into them doing something. Um, but also, especially on depending, <laughs> depending on whether you know, on your opinion. Yeah, but the, the sponsors of the Olympics aren't those sponsors, because the sponsors of the Olympics are Range Rover, um, McDonald's, brands that are trying to appear to be healthy 
whoever it may be. And also, like... <laughs> Muller Light. Muller Light, yeah, Muller Light. And all these, all these brands who are desperate to, to try and pretend that they're not what they are. And yeah. Nike will never sponsor the Olympics. Adidas will never sponsor the Olympics. And yeah. one of the issues is, we, we saw it with, was it Euro 98, where Heineken or similar... They just, yeah. they didn't want to be, no, it wasn't Heineken because Heineken was sponsoring the Champions League or maybe the Champions League. And so they got 30 absolute hotties to all dress up in a certain outfit and then go in and just do all these things in the ground. And suddenly they're on screen and everyone's loving them and they've yeah. managed to get it free. And so this is a way in which the brands, the uh, sports brands, will all be encouraging their athletes. Well, well, not necessarily encouraging, but they'll be thinking this is a great way to create controversy, to create media. And then it also becomes a talking point about the fact that they're not the sponsors officially. Um, and so as soon as that changes and one country does it, that is then free reign for all the other countries, for all the other athletes to be able to say, why aren't you doing this? And also it, and it, and it might be that in in different companies like countries like America, and in Australia, that there are people within the organisation who want to be able to offer their athletes this, but they don't feel they've got protection. Yeah, themselves. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I ju I'm just going to. I wonder what the different um, what uh, different countries' approaches are going to be to like. Because for me, I feel I feel like the the US team. Yeah. So they're so tetchy about politicizing stuff, aren't they? They're so you know, yeah. They're, they're, they either come down on the side of yeah, this absolutely has to happen, d depending who's yeah, who's in charge, or we don't politicize sport. We don't want to politicize sport. We absolutely don't. And it, it's 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 as polarized as the politics in in the US at the moment. So I'm really interested to see you know which side they come down on because of anyone, it's going to be their athletes who will want to do yeah. some kind of protest. And and the, the the issue then is we've had political protests and they've not been allowed. And that has made it significant when you've seen the black um, the black glove held up a lot. Yep. You know, it's, it's controversial, whereas now you can imagine there being 50 protests what the at the Olympics. It, like it's happened in football, you know, they take the knee now before each game and it's kind of, all the power has been left, lost, like, because it's all, it's mandated by the Football League, um, yeah. you know, by the, by the Premier League, everyone's, and they, you know, they used to show it, you know, in the, in the highlights and stuff like that. And it, it kind of, it, it, it's like a second to show that they've done it and it, and it, it's lost all of its power of protest because yeah. it has been kind of mandated. And so... It'd be really interesting to see how how this works, but it, it should be different because there's going to be lots of different variations of 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 protest and in different ways. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, I, and, and and that moment when they because that's very different. That moment when they stand on the podium is the opportunity to do it, mm. whatever the protest yeah. is. So so yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting, really interesting to, <sighs> to see. Just the, fi the final thing I just really was thinking about the Olympics is that did you see the um, Canadian... People love... I, I, what I've noticed is that people absolutely love it when we talk about fashion on this podcast. For some reason, people <laughs> seem to laugh a lot. They seem like... They, people say, oh, Jodie and David talking about fashion, and then there's loads of animated GIFs of people laughing underneath it. And I don't really understand why, why, why they would do that. But... Um, I mean, I've just bought... 
What cool cool jeans for the kids? You bought you bought some jeans. Bought some jeans. I haven't bought jeans. I um here's a confession. I've been wearing the same pair of jeans for the whole of lockdown since March last year. I'm yet to wash them. I d- is that a confession? <laughs> I don't. There's going to be. I, uh, that is. Um, you've yet to wash them. <laughs> I've only got one pair. And I don't even understand be... what. Have you have you worn jeans a lot? You must have worn them a lot. Throughout the winter. Shorts a lot. No, throughout the winter, a lot of jeans. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're on. The, they're, we're back, on the right... they're baggy jeans. Okay, but okay, right? Have you seen the Canadian Olympic teams um, closing? I think it's their closing <laughs> ceremony outfit. Double, double denim. Double denim. Oh, that man. is. Oh, I just I had these flashbacks of early nineties. <laughs> like I'm like, oh, did you get those in CNA? Like there's it's 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 the combination of the denim, like the the washed denim, but also the kind of. Um, graffiti style on it, and you expect it to say things like "rad." It's just—it's <laughs> the... which which event is Brian Adams qualified? <laughs> it's so Brian Adams, isn't it? It's just like we've harnessed we've harnessed Adams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I like that though. I think I think countries should lean more into their national stereotypes. I think it would make it more Eurovision esque and, and more fun opening ceremonies if you're like. Oh, here's the German and their Rumpa band. Here's the Brits and their Morris dancers. Um, everyone's too cool. Mate, the thing is, are they trying to be cool? They're Canadian. So I think they, they, I don't know whether they're going through that for the first time. I don't know what Canadian <laughs> fashion's like. I don't know. <laughs> I thought you meant they've never, they've never gone to the Olympics. They? <laughs> no, they've no, had no. Some they've, never, they've never gone through a denim stage yet. They're still going through like the 80s and the early 90s in terms of fashion. I don't know. I, um, but I do. I, I agree with you. I, the thing I like about the, the, the uh, Eurovision is the fact that when you get like someone for you, you, when they have the traditional dress and they try to update it a bit and, and, and turn it into like or, or they'll have a they'll have a you know a sort of like this kind of like raver DJ type thing and then they'll have someone in traditional an old lady in a traditional dress dancing next to it and it and it kind of doesn't work at all but it kind of is beautifully Eurovision. <laughs> And I do think, you know, sticking to national stereotypes is hilarious and completely out of sync with with what everyone <laughs> you know, wants to do in the world. But it is it is fun. I like why don't we ever come on in like bowler hats and just you know, ridiculous shit like that? Yeah, yeah, true. We should. We should embrace it. And, and like Canadian listeners, we've got quite a few. What do you think of your national outfit and, and any other countries out there? Who has got? Is, is, it, wait, wait, is it their national outfit though? <laughs> is, de- is double denim the Canadian national outfit? Yeah, What's a Canadian look like? Isn't it a Canadian tuxedo? Isn't that what it's called? <laughs> is it? I think it's called like a Canadian. Look, I'll just quickly Google this. And I, and I think it's known as that, but it's like a term that Americans call it. Yeah, the Canadian tuxedo. It's oh, a colloquial really? term. I didn't realize wearing a, it was something. A jean shirt or denim jacket with jeans. It, oh, wow, it originated, originated in 1951 after Bing Crosby was refused entry in, into a hotel in Vancouver because he was wearing a denim top and denim jeans. Wow, Bing Crosby is a Canadian. Know. 
I didn't know that there was so much there was so much denim history with with Canada. I didn't realise that. I just thought it was a, just a terrible fashion decision. That's incredible. I mean, it can be both, JD. It can be both. <laughs> <laughs> but international listeners, have you got? Have you seen? Like, does does every country have? an official outfit that you can buy that is released because it's linked to a designer. I know the American one is always, I think it's at Ralph Lauren, and it always looks like preppy, oh, it is, preppy it people is. on a yacht. It's always horrible. Yeah, horrible. it is. The Amer- American ones, what I love about the American ones, just, they're so, it's so draped in the Stars and Stripes as well, isn't it? It's just like, there's yeah. absolutely no way. It's like, at least like some of the, some of the, the outfits, you're like, I'm not entirely sure which country that is. You know, you're <laughs> like that. In America, you're like, this is America, and you will know. It's like they've been, a flag has exploded on them. A flag has always exploded in multiple, multiple ways. Yeah, like a designer's made love to the flag. In there. Anyway, yeah. anyway, yeah, did we mention about love trails? Um, last time, I, I I know it was potentially going to be mentioned, and then we maybe no, ran out no, of time. No, I mention it. Why? What happened? Yeah, well, and I'm I'm mentioning this partly because I love love trails, I love the people, I love the event. Um, so they they've had to shift their dates. Obviously, they shifted it once, shifted it twice. They're now it was scheduled for June, and um, sorry, beginning of July. And they've had to cancel. And they've said the main reason, actually, is you just can't get insurance still. So oh, really? I, I, wanted, yeah. I wanted to mention this firstly to say, if you're going to Love Trails or were going to, please don't ask for a refund. Please don't. Roll it on to something else. Roll it on to next year. Um, and, and true of all events, like don't, don't be asking for refunds, people. Please don't, unless you absolutely have to. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact that it's the insurance in the end that is the... It's the decider, and I think we all we've all been thinking, you know, it, it, it's down to the race organisers and their 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 taste almost for for risk, but that you just can't get insurance to cover at the moment for COVID. It seems for big events, so I don't know whether this is going to be if this is almost the canary in the coal mine for big future events still coming up. Um, whether more are going to be pulled, I, I certainly hope not. Um, yeah, so not good, not good news to kind of end on. Sadly, uh, we are ending, but I thought it was interesting. People would want to know that, and also, yeah. has anyone else seen this as well? The Love Trails would be about three thousand people, so that kind of scale. We have had in the UK some events. We've had a gig that was oh, blossoms. Ugh, come on, um, what a waste of a gig! But uh, they're reporting back on that. We mentioned previously that the, the London Marathon were doing trials, but they've had to change that already the week, the week after we, uh, we announced it. So they're still looking to do trials. Has anyone had any, any good experience, any good stories of trials happening and feedback coming back positively? Because that's what we're waiting for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of ultras going on, which is which is great. Um, you know, this yeah, as we you know, after this has come out, Thames Path 100 will have been run. Either uh, we'll be talking about CFTB's course, you know, victory um, in that, or uh, and, so and Dan Lawson running that one. He is running that one. It's going to be Lawson CFTB. Oh, that's going to be brilliant. And can <clears> yeah. we do we salute CFTB and um, 
and also Mike Mike Bisson for their performances. Oh, we haven't actually. We didn't we didn't talk about that. We haven't talked about that. But those were both incredible performances. Yeah, and um, like Mike, so CFCB. Congrats! He ran 50 miler. He won it. He did a great time. But actually, if you look at his pacing, my word, he went out like a train. He was going for he was going for the record. He was and he his last I think 10k were was slower than the person in second. He was being caught. So he interesting. He's done incredibly well, but he wasn't pacing that well. Um, which I, I admire. Which, that. Um, I like don't that. worry, on a hundred miler, you don't need to worry about pacing. That much. <laughs> don't need to worry well, this about. This is why I'm excited he's, about. He's, but apparently, he he informally, you know, it says on the uh, what's it called, Centurion uh, pre preview thing. We're talking about it that he he'd been mentioning casually that he's going. Was it like course record or like thirteen hours or something? He's going for. Like, <laughs> and the fact he's up against Dan Lawson as well, who's so experienced, and but Dan won't have been used to some some young buck coming up, and you know, probably giving the chat beforehand, and then yeah. heading out quickly. So it'll be fascinating just those first ten k, because I'm sure Richard's going to pace it, <laughs> going for the record, yeah. and whether Dan will go with him or just think. Uh, and, and and whether Dan's trained for this or not, you know how how trained up he is, whether he's in in peak shape because this could be a handing over of of crowns potentially. Well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see in the next episode. But my my Pisson, congratulations! You know, incredible running. He um he was doing the Centurion hundred miler. He was there surrounded by you. Had, this was a track hundred miler that you had to be invited to by winning various other events. So Mike was there as a very good runner, but against someone who broke the world record and various other people like <laughs> Mike Stocks, who are you know incredible twenty-four hour races. And um, I think Mike came eighth or ninth, but it it would have been so weird because. We, I want to catch up with him about it actually, because he he would have gone out on a race like that, pacing the slowest. And yeah. from how it looks, people were there to set specific times, either qualifying times or records of their personal bests. And so people were dropping as soon as they weren't going to do it. And so as the race goes, that must be pretty weird, where you're losing half the field by 60, 70 miles. Yeah. And how that, whether that is something that really appeals to you and exciting and, and that gees you up or whether that just makes you think, bloody hell, these incredible runners. But yeah, world record's gone. Amazing. Incredible. So I think we've talked about that before. So yeah. uh, a few episodes ago, so we'll get them on. Um, well, I think that's a nice little episode there. Yeah, we fit on a positive. That was good. Ended on a positive. Yeah, and, um, and we always ask people to leave reviews and we're going to read out the best ones. So to encourage you to do it. So this one says, uh, this is from Dominic, and they said, five star, not got an STI. As we know, means short term <laughs> industry. <laughs> but Dominic, don't you? Don't you? Um, and he said, he, it, he said, this podcast changed my life. I now shout at, shout at cyclists in the street and look forward to someone shouting at obscenities at me when running. Dominic, that's the kind of review we want. So get out there, people. Leave us some five star reviews so we can get amazing guests in the future. 
we've got a couple of guests potentially coming up who are super exciting and we can get them one of them is one of the biggest podcasters in the world anything you want to throw into the mix jd no, I was just to say, if you have got anything to add, um, head over to the Facebook group, type in Facebook running, Facebook running, bad boy running podcast, um, answer three questions and get in and share any of your you know, bespoke running <laughs> items that you've created, you know, running nail uh, coasters, anything like that. That's exactly what we want to see. And if you if you want to message any guests questions in the future, if you want to send back feedback, you can even email letters at badboyrun.com. You can just directly message us on Instagram. It's probably the, the, the easiest way for you. Jody's Jody at, I'm David at badboyrun.com and we will see you next time. See you later. Bye Fuck you, buddy.